Well, that piece of music was La Nuit by Sofitel, a little bit of a theme song for the hotel group. Two Old Guys in a Hotel is the name of a popular podcast here in Australia and overseas as well. It's a fortnightly chat between the longest-serving general manager in Melbourne, Clive Scott of Sofitel Melbourne on Collins, and his guest relations manager, Terence Murphy. Terence has worked at the hotel for 36 years. Mr Scott's been there for 17 as Rita mentioned, this is not a podcast about the hotel, but about the city. Rita Ehrlich joined them in their hotel studio to find out why the pair is so popular. This is Rita Ehrlich with my friends Scotty and Terry. Hi Rita, how are you? Uh, hello Rita, lovely to have you here and thank you so much. Now, we are going to talk about your podcast. Oh, the famous podcast. Fabulous. The the fabulous podcast, which has... Now, the podcast, for those who haven't heard it, is called Two Old Guys and a Hotel. Yes, he'll correct the English, of course. Yes, because I think it should be Two Old Guys and 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 Hotel. hotel. But I lost that argument. Among many that I've lost during this podcast, podcast, I can tell you. Now, how long's the podcast been going? Well, we launched uh, yesterday the eighth one. Yes. Right, number eight. Right, so we do it every two weeks. It comes out. And you were telling me last time that you're scoring very highly on the podcast ratings. Where are you now? We're scoring in the Ukraine. Well, you know, the, the thing is that we. In tourism and hotels, a few weeks ago, we were ranked 11th in Australia, which is pretty good going, actually. But in the Ukraine, number 39. And I thought, I know situation is desperate, and I feel so sorry for those people, but they wanted to listen to me. <laughs> good grief. They're practising English. Oh, ah, good show. I, think good so. show. Yes. I did say to Scotty, do I always sound quite that pompous? And he said, yes. And then I said, <laughs> I always sound that nasally. And he said, yes. yes. <laughs> now, two old guys and an hotel, or and a hotel. A hotel, yes. Um, I can say that the hotel is Sovitel in Melbourne, and it occupies a very special place which accounts for, I think, the podcast. Sovitel's now the second oldest hotel in Melbourne, continuous. Yes. There are there are older buildings. And you are the longest serving GM. I'm the longest serving GM in this one, is one to five star hotel. I know this because I think it was a year and a half ago a gentleman retired and called me and said, Oh Clive, you're now the longest running GM, I saw. Oh, am I? Why is that? He said, because I retired yesterday. <laughs> now, I'm so, sure there's some pub owners that are the, been the, running the, a lot longer than right. me. But how long have you been GM? 17 years. And but when... But Rita, more important, you have to ask Terry how long he's been part of the furniture here. Well, um, last Tuesday was the start of my 37th year in the hotel. I've been in my role as guest relations manager for... 21 years, and it's been a a fabulous ride, quite frankly. From the day I started here, uh, I started cleaning rooms uh, 37 years ago, and I'd make a beautiful bed. My God, you could bounce a coin on the sheets, but I just couldn't do enough of them. And then they realised that, hmm, God, he can talk, so we'd best utilise him somewhere else. (laughs) 
What strikes me is that the hotel and both of you are absolutely part of the city of Melbourne, and that's how you've seen your role all along. Well, I think with the podcast, we've reached the point as a hotel, and that's the hotel part, that you know, we're probably one of the grand dames of Melbourne, and we're a couple of grand dames too, <laughs> we won't go there. But we're the you know, grand dames of Melbourne, the, the hotel's reached that point where the podcast was really brought... It came about because we felt it was time that we could say things about Melbourne. And Melbourne needed help and needed a bit of a resurrection after the pandemic, so I felt it was a good time to do a podcast, not to talk about us and not to talk about the hotel so much, but to talk about the great things in Melbourne. So people would be interested again in taking part. And so you have guests talking about Melbourne and you talk to them as, as it were, emblems of Melbourne and get their stories within within the context of the city. How do you choose your people? Well, we sat down, and there was a good run, because we sat down and said, oh, I wonder if we'll have anybody we can talk to. And within five months, we had a list of 52 people that yes. we could talk to. But that'll yes. take you through for a couple of years. Yes. If they go every two weeks. Yes, it will. Uh, what, uh, what I love about it, because the podcasts go for a long time, and not everyone has an hour to sit and listen. And I tend to use them as I might read a book, that I will listen for a bit, go off and do something else and then come back to to the podcast later on. Yes, because a lot of people whom I know have said to me, you know, we listen to you and we walk. So we walk for an hour and we listen to you and Scotty. And I think it, it, it just gives them an extra edge to what's going on in the town. In fact, what's going on in, in Victoria and all the places that have survived and the places that are coming back and, you know, my goal was to find the best gelati. Uh, I was searching for the best coffee, which I'll tell you now, ladies and gentlemen, is at the Balaclava Railway Station. Is it really? It is indeed. You go over to Glick's, you get one of those date biscuits and go and get a black coffee from this young man at the Balaclava Railway Station. The trick to do that too, that though, is... Take a do drink. that after you've seen your cardiologist. Don't have the black coffee before you go. It's not good. No, not good because it'll it's measurable. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's vector measurable. When in the years I've been writing about Melbourne, one of the things that struck me early on was that in many hotel chains, general managers were there for two years. Mm. Rudy Markle was one of the first to put to put his foot down. One of my predecessors yes. here. Yeah, That's great right. general manager. Mm. Great general manager. And he said, no, no, I'm I'm here for a long for the long haul because it takes a year to get to know the city and then you make decisions and you're planning your next your next position. I think it's also yeah, I think it takes even longer to get to know a city, but you want the hotel to be part of the city and the city to be part of the hotel and I think it takes a long time for you to go out in the community and get everybody to know you and know the hotel uh, and you know it, it's I think it's important that you know people like Terry myself I mean, other people in the hotel go out you know put their feelers in the community get to know people and then know what's going on in the city because that's also helpful to our guests very helpful it's a very different view there are very various views of a hotel one is that it's essentially for tourists the other is that it's really for tourists but you can catch locals 
or people who live in regional Victoria or Australia. And you have both taken the view that the hotel is an integral part of a city. Absolutely. It's where people... And that's much more an Asian view of a hotel. I think also the tourism... You know, it's changing yeah. over time, and I think it, now it's changed to where it's a little bit urban in the sense that people want to come and they want to come to a place to be like the people that live in that place. Mm. So people want to come to Melbourne and to Victoria because they want to experience what it is to be in one of the most livable cities in the world, what it is to live in a city that has all the amazing restaurants, you know, come to the city that has the National Gallery, which is so successful. So people want to experience being... Melburnians, right? And that's why they come. And And they're not tourists anymore. A tourist is a local, and a local is a tourist. And it's it's this intertwining of the two that makes it for successful tourism, I think. Oh, I'm sure it is. The other thing, of course, is that 17 years ago, Melbourne wouldn't have been regarded as Australia's premier tourist city. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Not by any stretch of the imagination. And, And you think of... Sydney, which would have been, or places further north. And then I'm thinking of other cities, other countries around the world, other cities around the world. Mm. And the best ones, and I'm thinking particularly of Paris, which I know well as a city, the best ones have a sense of, yeah, come in, you're part of the city. Absolutely. There's someone to talk to who will say, this is where you should be going. Have you booked in yet to see such and such? Would you like me to do that for you? And I think that one of the great things about Melbourne, and because where I live is situated near the hotel, there's roughly 30 bars, cafes and restaurants on the way home. Now, that's a great thing, but what's even greater so great is... great when you're trying to get home in a hurry. Oh, it's the hell of a schlep back the next morning, <laughs> I can tell you right now. But I think the important thing there is that people are participating in this. They're seeing this really vibrant lifestyle that we've got and that has survived. Not, not it, it's, it's finding its way back and it places us in a position where, you know, one of the things I always tell guests, they come in and they say, oh, what are we going to do in Melbourne? Okay. Number one, here is the map and you walk here, 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 explore these laneways, accept graffiti as as an art form and take that on board. And, you know, if you want to line up at Lune Croissanterie, for 20 minutes to get a croissant, you're going to get the best croissant... In the world. In the world. And it's if you want to tra- take the train to uh, Balaclava... And get a coffee, you can get a train to Balaclava to get a coffee. It's a little bit like when I see one of the staff, you know, standing at the front door talking to the guest. Right? I never interrupt them because actually that is golden tourism. That's, that's the beauty of Melbourne because that guest really wanted to meet the person that was living here. Mm. That's right. And when they chat to one of our young staff members and those staff members being natural and, you know, telling them what they like in Melbourne, etc., they love it. Yes. You know, because that's that's tourism alive. And it makes me think of all the times I've chatted to hotel staff about restaurants. I tend not to use guidebooks at all. Mm. Um, yes, I, th- I think that's a very valid point because... Now, and and I think the other thing about Melbourne is, you know, you can eat for $10 a night or you can eat for $1,000 a night. 
And you've got all of those options. And our staff and Scotty and I have experienced from the low end to the high end. Excuse me, uh, the thousand dollar ones I'm never get invited to. Oh, you go on your own. that's right. I'm sorry. You never take me. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. I just get left home. I think I've, I think I've done something wrong in there, folks. I was thinking the moment you mentioned thousand dollar dinner, I'm thinking I never got invited to any of those dinners. I, I'd be, I, I'm trying to work out how I could spend a thousand dollars on dinner, but uh, I reckon you I could do Terry's it. Champagne bill. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we could do it if we tried really hard. But that's the lovely thing to be able to say to someone, "What do you feel like?" Yes, absolutely. What are you in the for. But can I just say also that people need guidance. Not everybody is absolutely certain about what they want. When they come to this city and to this hotel, they're not always certain about what they're going to do. So what we do is we guide them in the right direction based on the knowledge we glean from them. And it's very easy to get knowledge you know, within a few minutes of conversation mm. with somebody. So, you know, okay, well, they're definitely going to fit into the Gertrude Street area mm. or they're definitely going to be the ones that will want to go into Chinatown or or perhaps into I, Swan yeah. Street. I think in general that a lot of the people that come here are in some ways a bit shocked about the layers of the city, how much there is to do in terms of arts and culture, food, you know, sports. There are so many things happening at one time. And you, you take periods of the year like March, April, and then you get to September, October, November. It's so busy on the it, city. It, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Busy. And when people come to visit, a lot of Australians, they like to come and visit here because they know there's always going to be something on. But mm. a lot of the overseas people are quite shocked. It's like, oh, we're going to go here and we can go there and you can do this and you can do that. I mean, there's a lot happening. It's a very vibrant city. It, it really is. And it's coming back to that. People have often said to me that they like, visitors have often said to me, they find Melbourne a very European city. And it is, and it most definitely isn't. It, it's, it's been translated considerably from any European city I can think of. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the transformation of Melbourne from the, the sleepy place that I came to 37 years ago. The country footy town. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it was. It was yeah. footy. And the, there was no such thing as Federation Square. The National Gallery had sort of started. And Yes, if you look at the buildings, yes, they have a European influence and the beautiful Gothic buildings and, you know, you look at the Napier Wallers murals and the laneways, absolutely. But there is a real international characteristic about Melbourne. It's not just European. It is... Now, Scotty, you will know the answer to this. And Rita, you will certainly know the answer to this. My understanding is that there's roughly 120 cuisines, international cuisines in this town. And in our hotel, there are 40 languages spoken. Yeah, I think the multiculturalism of our city is, is an underlying current yes. that makes the city great. That, yes. That's right. right. And it's, the, other, the thing I love about it is that it's every day in the way that it is in Singapore, where everything's in four languages. That's right. Yes. Well, everything every day is in 40 languages. 40 languages. Right. And you do have a sense of, well, what do, you, what do you feel like on the day? And the podcast grows out of all of that. Mm. It does, because we want, we, we want to re-emphasise again to Melbournians, don't forget this is your city. 
be proud of it. This is all going on and, and please come out of your homes where you've been in lockdown and go and enjoy it again and go and see it. And that's why the hotel has lots of arts packages. Uh, yeah, we have lots of arts packages because we're attached a lot to the arts because we support it a lot because one of the key pillars of this city has always been the arts and mm. culture and um, we're very proud to be associated with the arts and culture because if you look at it in the city, it's world class. Mm. World class, definitely. And I, I, I think that when we talk about arts and culture, we've got to remember that art, in fact, is fashion, a painting on the wall, a mural, it's food, street it's art. wine, it's street art, it's what's in a gallery. It's what, what's around, <laughs> what's happening. Exactly, exactly. And I think that we and have... good art, I think, is in a continuous present. Mm. That's yes. why I love also something, you know, like Federation Square, and they have all those National Day celebrations where all the different nationalities live in Melbourne have a day there they have their food, they have their dance, they have their activities telling people about their country. And they're proud of their country, but they're Australians as well. That's and, right. And we get to experience it all, one country after um, the other. Uh, after the other, that's right. Yeah. You have talked, and we have talked, about the length of time you've been here. It occurs to me that old has a number of meanings, <laughs> and one of them is age-related. I think I'm older than either of you, but... <laughs> Old is also used affectionately. Absolutely. My old mate. Yes. Yeah, we, yes. I mean, we used it affectionately. We, we didn't want to put anybody down, even ourselves, about it. We were, well, we were applauding ourselves for being here a long time, I think. Yeah, and, but it also sounds a bit self-deprecating. You know, who are you? Oh, just Hotel two old guys. Yeah. 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 Hotel yeah. general manager yeah. and guest relations manager. We're the oh, two in the Muppets old. sitting yeah. on the balcony. <laughs> Waldorf and Statler. That's, That's right. their oh, name. Oh, really? our, I've never giving, known their names. Ah, giving our opinion on everything and yes, nothing. Yes. <laughs> and not always agreeing with each other, which I think is the strength of, of the podcast is that, you know, we both say things with which we will disagree, but we're putting our view out and people are listening. And, and what you're doing is encouraging conversation and encouraging an exchange of ideas. Yeah. And when I talk about conversation, it doesn't have to be verbal. No. And I think these days, we're, we're always careful to not get too close to this subject, but things are too woke. And I think what we're trying to do is just have a conversation. And we're happy to talk about it, right? And we're not having any, we're not questioning anybody's opinion or anything. We're talking about saying, well, this is what we think. Right? Yes. You don't have to agree with us. That's right. And it's that conversation that's so, that's so valued and is probably why you're so popular in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, and it must be because they can't see us, right? Mm. They've seen a picture of us probably because if they really saw us, we'd be even more popular because we're so good looking. Yeah, indeed. That's right. Indeed. But it's our, our sexy voices, that's all they're getting. Modesty about. being one of Scotty's <laughs> greater attributes, as well, you could it, just it sense. It may also be about, look, if we're leaving Ukraine, where else can we go? <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne might be the place. Well, Melbourne would be a good place. Oh, we think, oh, that makes me sad, all of that. Yeah. But let me thank you both for taking the time to talk to us. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Rita, any time. Absolute pleasure, Rita, darling. Just a delight. Rita Ehrlich there speaking with Scotty, that's uh, Clive Scott, General Manager, and Terry, Terence Murphy, Guest Relations Manager at Sofitel Melbourne on Collins. Their podcast is titled Two Old Guys and a Hotel. 
Graham, okay. I have a confession to make. Yeah. I was one of the guests on their podcast. Oh, were you? Well, they yes. they uh, they love to speak to people who are Melbourne people. I think Rita Ehrlich's a Melbourne person. I mean, you, I'm, you, I'm a Melbourne person. You guided our food for that period as co-editor of the Age Good Food Guide. So, uh, oh, that's good. Did you talk about food? Yes, we did. Okay. Well, they're, they're foodsters, both of those guys. I mean, they, uh, they love their food. They also love their arts. So it they would have been do. an interesting chatter. When's it going to go to air? I'm not sure. All right. We'll I, keep our ears uh, cocked, won't we?